The Lord be with you. The Word became flesh and dwells among us. Glory to God in the highest and peace to God's people on earth. We welcome you here to the Nave of Marsh Chapel on this second Sunday of the Christmas season, that 12-day season ending this Wednesday on the Feast of the Epiphany with a partridge in a pear tree. My name is Brother Larry Whitney, and I have the privilege of serving as University Chaplain for Community Life here at Marsh Chapel. I bear greetings on behalf of our Dean, the Reverend Dr. Robert Allen Hill, as he is away this week. We welcome to the pulpit and as our celebrant this, this Christmas Sunday morning, the Reverend Victoria Hart Gaskell and uh, her leadership among us as Chapel Associate for Methodist Students. At our service of word and table, we pray that the word preached and the incarnation embodied in the Eucharist are a blessing to one and all. Let us stand as we are able in the praise of God.
Let us pray. O God, who wonderfully created and yet more wonderfully restored the dignity of human nature, grant that we may share the divine life of him who humbled himself to share our humanity. Your Son, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. be seated. A lesson from the book of the prophet Jeremiah, chapter 31, verses 7 through 14. For thus says the Lord, sing aloud with gladness for Jacob, and raise shouts for the chief of the nations. Proclaim, give praise, and say, save, O Lord, your people, the remnant of Israel. See, I am going to bring them from the land of the north, and gather them from the farthest parts of the earth, among them the blind and the lame, those with child and those in labor together. A great company, they shall return here. With weeping they shall come, and with consolations I will lead them back. I will let them walk by brooks of water in a straight path in which they shall not stumble. For I have become a father to Israel, and Ephraim is my firstborn. Hear the word of the Lord, O nations, and declare it in the coastlands far away. Say, he who scattered Israel will gather him, and will keep him as a shepherd, a flock. For the Lord has ransomed Jacob, and has redeemed him from hands too strong for him. They shall come and sing aloud on the height of Zion, and they shall be radiant over the goodness of the Lord, over the grain, the wine, and the oil, and over the young of the flock and the herd. Their life shall become like a watered garden, and they shall never languish again. Then shall the young women rejoice in the dance, and the young men and the old shall be merry. I will turn their mourning into joy. I will comfort them and give them gladness for sorrow. 
I will give the priests their fill of fatness, and my people shall be satisfied with my bounty, says the Lord. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Lesson from St. Paul's Epistle to the Ephesians, chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places just as he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before him in love. He destined us for adoption as his children through Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace that he freely bestowed upon us in the Beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and insight, he has made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure that he set forth in Christ, as a plan for the fullness of time, to gather up all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In Christ, we have also obtained an inheritance having been destined according to the purpose of him who accomplishes all things according to his counsel and will, so that we, 
who were the first to set our hope in Christ, might live for the praise of his glory. In him, you also, when you had heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and had believed in him, were marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. This is the pledge of our inheritance toward redemption as God's own people, to the praise of his glory. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us say together verses from Psalm 147 with the Antiphon. Praise God, O Jerusalem, praise your God, O Zion, who strengthens the bars of your gates and blesses your children within you, who grants peace within your borders and fills you with the finest of wheat. God sends out commands to the earth. God's word runs swiftly. God gives snow like wool and scatters frost like ashes and hurls down hail like crumbs, who can stand against God's cold. God sends out a word and melts them, and makes the wind blow and the waters flow. God declares the word to the tribes of Jacob, and statutes and ordinances to Israel. God has not dealt thus with any other nation. They do not know God's ordinances. Praise our God. Let us stand as we are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of the Gospel. The Holy Gospel of our Lord, Jesus Christ, according to St. John, chapter 1, verses 1 through 5 and 9 through 13. Glory to you, O Lord. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, 
and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of men, but of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks to you, Lord Christ. Please be seated. Happy New Year. Welcome to the second Sunday of the Christmas season here at Marsh Chapel. We celebrate the birth of Jesus for many reasons. Our scriptures this morning give us one reason in particular. For it is, just not, it, for it is not just as individuals that Jesus Emmanuel comes to us. He comes to us also as individuals in community. Indeed, he comes to form us into, as, as individuals, into a community, the community of the church. We who are his heart and mind, ears and eyes, hands and feet, still at work in the world. Jeremiah reminds us that God's work to build and restore community did not begin with Jesus' entry into the world. It has been a constant in God's relationship with humanity. Jeremiah writes from exile in Egypt, while the rest of Israel is exiled and captive in Babylon. This breaking apart of the community of Israel is a consequence of their choices and the choices of others. Israel has chosen to break the covenant they had agreed to with God. They also suffer global forces beyond their control as the Babylonians choose to expand their empire. But Jeremiah keeps the vision of a restoration beyond exile. God promises the fulfillment of this vision, a vision of an Israel brought back together from dispersal, a vision of homecoming and of a new covenant that will not be broken. In spite of seemingly overwhelming forces against its happening, God will and does reunite the community. And this reunification is marked by dancing, merriment, abundance, and joy. The author of Ephesians writes out of a conflict within the new and growing Christian movement. Jews and Gentiles have long been separated by law and culture. Now they find it a challenge to integrate into this new, inclusive community of church. The author of Ephesians reminds them that it, they are all united in Christ. Because of that unity, there are divine benefits as a present reality in the church's life. God provides forgiveness, wisdom, and spiritual power. 
Through the Holy Spirit, God also provides an inheritance towards redemption as God's own people. Thus, the church is a spirit-filled community that brings the presence, power, and peace of God into its own life and into the life of the world. The psalmist glorifies God for three great blessings. The first is the security God provides through inheritors, peace, and abundance. The second is the creative word of God in creation. And the third is the coming of God's creative word to the community of Israel, the precepts that will form them as a unique people. The author of the Gospel of John also lifts up God's creative word in the person of Jesus, who is a gift to those who receive and believe in him. Jesus, the word, here is a social being. With God and as God, he creates all things. He comes into the world in flesh to live in creation and among human beings. He experiences rejection as well as belief. To those who do believe in him, he gives power to become the community of the inheritors of God. So these are four of the ways that God forms us as individuals in community, as individuals into community. One is the renewal of covenant and homecoming. Another is the transformation of conflict. A third is the giving of security and precepts for a unique identity. And the fourth is the empowerment of the community to become the presence of God in the world. So our individual belief and relationship with God is important in itself. And its purpose is to incorporate us into a community that will act as God's people in the world. Now, this may sound simple, but it is not easy. With all the trouble in the world and our exhausting busyness, there is great temptation to cocoon and isolate ourselves with escapism and numbing out. There are also many people, groups, corporations, and governments, including some of our own, that have vested interests in our isolation and in the fear and sense of powerlessness that accompany it. For instance, there is very little in the mainstream media that encourages us in our work for the kingdom. A steady diet of if it bleeds, it leads does not nourish us in love, power, or hope. We have to be intentional to find the good news of God's presence at work in the world. There are also calls to other allegiances who claim to be sources of power. I was at the movies last week, and an ad for an international computer corporation came on. Now, of course, the computer corporation shall not actually be named, so let's just call it Corporation X. Its ad showed happy and energetic people using the corporation's products. The end statement of the ad was, Corporation X empowers people to change the world. 
Now, from a Christian perspective, a more accurate statement might be God empowers to change the world, and then people use some of the tools sold by Corporation X to do some of the work. It's perhaps a subtle distinction, and it's a type of distinction that needs to be made more often. Otherwise, we give over our intrinsic power to act as the people of God to some other allegiance or entity with another agenda, with another agenda entirely. Likewise, the rhetoric of part of the current presidential debates, full of wall building and carpet bombing, ignores the fact that at least some of the people to be walled out and carpet bombed are our sisters and brothers in the Christian community, or at the very least are our neighbors whom we are to love as ourselves. Perhaps most challenging of all, in an individualistic culture such as ours, is to have the courage and conviction to step out of our individual concerns, out of our preoccupation with my God, and out of our fear of the stranger, so that we can become truly God's people. Our greatest challenges are indeed our own, our remaining racism, our exclusion of LGBTQ persons and of women from the full life of the church, our remaining consumerism instead of stewardship, our incivility toward those who disagree with us. All these are the things that keep us as a collection of individuals going in different directions, instead of being the beloved community united to assist the power and presence of God in the world. We celebrate the coming of Christ because in him we see real assistance in the isolation of our lives. God's own self is a trinity, one God in holy community, source and Emmanuel and spirit. It is that God who invites us into the divine life of perichoresis, the divine life of dancing in partnership with God and with one another. And in that dancing, we are deeply loved and understood and renewed as individuals and communities, loved and understood and renewed by and because of the God who is with us. We also celebrate the coming of Christ because he begins with us as a baby. Mother Teresa said that it is important to do small things with great love. What we do in community does not have to be huge and exhausting. The God who begins with us in baby steps will not mind if we begin our projects of love and justice in the same way. And for God to begin with us as a baby means that God trusts us. God trusts us to protect, to nurture, to help grow, to bring to maturity in ourselves and our church community, and to rejoice in the presence of God with us as we then embody the presence of Christ in the world. 
In this new year, we are invited to see beyond ourselves as individuals, to see ourselves as part of the community of God's people. And we are encouraged to encourage ourselves in that identity. Where is God at work? Where is the good news? Where are we called to support that? Or even to blaze a trail toward it? We do not need to be afraid. We are able to get up and be and be doing because we are not alone. The coming of Christ to one of us is the uniting in Christ of all of us in the community of God's people, that community whose work and joy is to bring hope and renewal of life, not just to its own life, but to the life of the world as well. Thanks be to God who gives us this victory in the name of Jesus Emmanuel and in the power of the Holy Spirit. Merry Christmas.
Please be seated. We welcome you once again here to the Nave of Marsh Chapel and invite you to participate in our ritual of friendship by putting your name and contact information in the red books found along the center aisle of each pew, passing that book along to your neighbor so that we can get to know you better and help you get to know one another better throughout the coming week. This is a communion Sunday here at Marsh. The chalice on the pulpit side will have wine. The chalice on the lectern side will have grape juice. And we invite you to make, uh, take advantage of the healing prayer stations that will be offered on the pulpit side this morning. Uh, as you like, a note on more, more notes about these things are available in your bulletin. We note that the chapel office remains closed during the week for the intercession, um, although we're available by phone if you need us and uh, look forward to uh, welcoming our students back following the Martin Luther King Jr. holiday. As the ushers wait upon us for the morning offering, we invite you to meditate on Thomas Luis de Victoria's setting, O Magnum Mysterium. Now walk in love as Christ loves us, an offering and sacrifice to God.
reply, these are gifts of money, symbol of our time, resources, life energy, and devotion, that the giving may become receiving, and the receiving may become giving. Blessed be God, now and forevermore. Blessed are you, great God of the universe. You are the giver of this bread, product of earth and air, fire and water, the life energy of plants and animals and humans. Let it become for us the breath, bread of life. Blessed be God, now and forevermore. Blessed are you, great God of the universe. You are the giver of this fruit of the vine, product of earth and air, fire and water, the life energy of plants and animals and humans. Let it become for us the drink of your eternal realm. Blessed be God, now and forevermore. As the grain once scattered in the fields and the grapes once dispersed on the hillside are now reunited on this table in bread and the fruit of the vine, so, O oh God, may your whole church be gathered together in this season from the corners of the earth to celebrate the birth of Jesus. Joy, Joy to the world, the Lord is come. The peace of our Lord Jesus Christ is with you always. And also with you. Let us offer one another signs of peace and reconciliation. The Lord is with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, holy and blessed Trinity, creator of heaven and earth. You created light out of darkness and brought forth life on the earth. You formed us in your image and called us to love and serve you. When we were unfaithful and turned from your ways, you did not forsake us. Your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and sent prophets to call us back to your way. In the fullness of time, you sent your only Son, Jesus Christ, to be our Savior. In him, your Logos, dwelling with you from all eternity, became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth, and we beheld your glory. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven and giving voice to all creation, we praise your name and join the unending hymn. 
blessed is Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. Born in humility, he came to rule over all. Helpless as an infant, he showed the power of your love. Poor in the things of this world, he brought the wealth of your grace. Rejected by many, he welcomed all who sought him. In his life, ministry, suffering, dying, and rising, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. We remember how when Jesus sat at supper with his friends, he took bread. And when he had given thanks and blessed it, he broke the bread and gave it to his friends and said, This is my body given for you. Each time you eat this, remember me. Likewise, after supper, he took a cup, and when he had given thanks and blessed it, he gave the cup to his friends and said, This is the cup of the new covenant, sealed in my blood, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Each time you drink this, remember me. And so, in remembrance of these your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. And on these gifts of grain and grape, make them be for us the blood and body of Christ, that we may be to the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. Empower us by your Spirit, O God, to be Christ's presence in the world, even as Jesus was God with us. Give us courage to speak his truth, to seek his justice, and to love with his love. Keep us faithful in your service until Christ comes in final victory, and we shall feast with all your saints in the joy of your eternal realm. Through Christ, with Christ, in Christ, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor are yours, eternal Trinity, now and forevermore. Amen. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and taught us when we pray to be bold and say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Look, 
broken for the life of the world. Look, the cup of salvation is poured out for the life of the world. These are the gifts of God for the people of God. Let us keep this feast with joy and thanksgiving.
have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. <coughs> Dearly beloved, now let us go from this place in peace. For God is with us and forms us as individuals, as individuals in community, as individuals into community, to become the people of God, a source of light and hope and peace. In the name of that one who makes us, who loves us, who keeps us in everything, Amen. <laughs>